welcome back, my friends. Um, this is episode three of Just Happy to Be Here. I'm calling this episode Mia Coda, Daughter of the Moon. And um, to start off, um, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, when I was, oh, I'll say nine to 12. <laughs> Um, I was obsessed with the idea of getting myself a middle name. I had my parents' permission to find one, and we were going to legally get that sorted. Um, I searched high and low. It was one of the first times of like independent study research. I was going into different languages, meanings, um, different cultures that I already sort of identified with um, and felt drawn to. I was looking at names from there. Um... We had all kinds of things going on. I had plenty of lists. It was like almost as if I was trying to prepare to give birth to a self um, that was more than my child self, the one my parents named, you know? Um, So it was like very important to me. Um, My name I love, actually, Okara Imani, five letters in each, three vowels, two consonants, The pattern is like exact and mirrored in my first and last name. It's gorgeous. I love it now. But there was a time when I finally almost settled on a middle name. I was looking through Native American Algonquian names. Algonquian being like a broader, excuse me, an umbrella, uh, broader umbrella term um, for some languages very related um, in... uh, Native American languages. Um, so whereas you can think Hopi or Iroquois, um, Algonquian seemed to me at the time to be like one of those big pan languages. <laughs> so a little bit of overlap there um, between different tribes, um, meaning wise. So I found an Algon- Algonquian name, uh, Miyakota. Um, and allegedly it means daughter of the moon. Uh, that really struck me. I've always highly identified with the moon. Um, I feel connected and drawn, um, driven by, um, and inspired by the moon. Um, so that's kind of where I almost landed and then I realized oh my name is like symmetrical and it's great so we don't need to do that but uh, Mia Kota has come up if any of you have followed um, the beginnings of my performance career my music career um, Mia Kota comes up on some of my pages Um, I am in the process of um, doing a little more research again um digging back into that i would like to speak with someone of native indigenous culture um here in the states to kind of soundboard a little bit before i make that a permanent part of my branding it's very important to me um not to be appropriating or you know (laughs) soliciting their culture um anyone's culture you know for my own branding if that not be um if the intentions not come as pure and loving as i intend them to 
Um, so I'm going to do a little more research on that. But for now, just know that the word Miyakoda means a lot to me. It's become sort of a part of me. Um, and I am very much a daughter of the moon. So you'll see that um, in a lot of my stuff, poems and songs um, that any ones that are kind of spacey and a little moody and yeah those are most often written in mu- in moonlight <laughs> under the full moon uh yeah we're out here i'm about that life <laughs> moon daughters unite okay wild women all right <laughs> um so i just wanted to open with that this whole episode will sort of have that tone to it Um, So as we move forward, let's get into a little bit of autocorrect poetry. Hmm? All right. So as we come into the autocorrect portion of our episode three... I saw earlier this week, I believe just a couple days ago, or maybe even yesterday, um, on Facebook, one of those autocorrect challenges I told you about. Um, So I saw one that started with the words, I died. Um, And I went with that today. Um, I actually saved it. I did it one line yesterday when I saw it, and then today... Um, fleshed it out a little bit more into a poem um, for the autocorrect poetry section. Um, It is as follows. I died. I died in the morning, and I was just thinking about it. I think I can do that. I think I can do that. But I'm going back. And I think you can be very good, but the fallout is the most beautiful. The idea that artists are more likely than others is a good way of heading towards an end. So for me, (laughs) as that poem came together, It felt like a lot of moments for me as an artist where I seem to encounter parts of myself that I was otherwise unconscious of, maybe a few moments ago or a few days ago. (laughs) Um, As artists, we encounter the idea of death very often, and it's not always literal, literal, of course. Um, Sometimes they're metaphorical deaths there are the little small deaths of pleasure and orgasm there are um, deaths of old selves um, and then yes literal literal death um, even the concept of encountering um, past deaths or lives of your own um, and we'll get into that a little bit later in the mental mukbang but for now I died <laughs> um, The ending of that poem just being um, (laughs) the idea that artists are more likely than others is a good way of heading toward the end. Um, (laughs) Artists have a lot of emotional burden 
um, of the population, of Earth's population. Artists carry a lot of emotional burden. Um, we are eternally conduits of the thoughts and feelings and ideas that many of us share, but we're the conduit. We are the speakers and the mouthpieces of those things that we all truly do share on the inside. Um, <clears throat> those over oversweeping um, primary motivations, discouragements, hopes, fears, um, love, we are mouthpieces for that and sometimes it does get very heavy and sometimes yes artists are more likely to come to an untimely end because sometimes the burden is too much sometimes um, taking care of self doesn't take precedent while um, while voicing all these feelings it's as if um, it's as if we channel all these things. If you're, if you're doing it in the fully open, um, pure way of, you know, writing what is truth for you, inevitably you are writing truths of someone else as well. And sometimes channeling all of that can be dangerous to someone who is, um, in pieces themselves almost because then all of that sort of starts to you know burst through the cracks more and more um, and if that person can't can't find a way to heal themselves separately of all these other things that they're channeling for people um, we do come to untimely ends um, when I was writing this Edgar Allan Poe came to mind Edgar Allan Poe that's my main poetry hoe. <laughs> I love Edgar Allan Poe so much. He's got that sort of what you might see as gothic romanticism. It's it's a little morbid, but also more often than not, you get not the sense of pure sadness all the time. He does capture pure agony and sadness very well but there's also this sense of melancholy and I've always very much identified with the idea of melancholic expression that sort of sadness that sees itself the sadness that acknowledges itself and whatever beauty might be found in that whatever growth or speck of hope might be found in that moment of despair that kind of changes it from pure despair to melancholy um i like to play with that a lot it's one of the reasons you know you can sing along to old jazz classics even though they're not emotionally where you are in that moment there's something weirdly satisfying about singing along to it uh sarah vaughn has a song called black coffee <laughs> I don't even drink black coffee. Um, but something about singing those melancholic melodies, the sort of dreary, droll, um, mundane, bored, or dissatisfied sort of longing and all of those things, but recognizing themselves, acknowledging themselves, and finding something beautiful in them, that's melancholy to me. 
uh, one of these days we will have to dig into, you know, whatever Webster's definition is. But for me, that's what melancholy is. That's what separates it from pure despair and sadness and hopelessness for me. And I, that might be one of the things that protects me as an artist is that I can recognize the different levels and layers of one particular emotion so that it's never just sad, you know? There's so many in-betweens that are really the only things that exist. It's hardly ever just pure sad. So I like to live in the land of melancholy and like kind of that quintessential moody I definitely call myself emo on numerous occasions um certain things come to mind when you think emo but just think of the concept of constantly emoting uh when you think of those sort of like gother scene kids back in high school for 90s babies (laughs) back in high school um that you know identified proudly as emo and there was like a look that you were looking for to identify as emo But really, it's just that, like, commitment to emoting. No matter what it is, just this is what I'm feeling and I'm going to express it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to look at it in any particular lens. This is just what it is. And this in and of itself is part of what will heal me. So yeah, I am emo. Another emo person you might not think as such uh kate cuddy kate cuddy is like one of the original freaking emo rappers <laughs> he had that like really captured constantly emoting you felt what he was feeling when he was feeling it because he shared it in such an authentic way and yes of course musical elements adding to that you should you should almost always be um, writing the story with the music as much as with the words. Um, so yeah, Kid Cudi is another one. That's my big brother cutter for, for life. Okay. <laughs> I can talk about him forever. Um, but, uh, yeah, all of this feeds very much into a lot of my stylings as a musician and as a writer. Um, I like to create atmosphere and I like to allow myself to revel in a single moment, a single feeling, be it complicated or simple. And in doing that openly and authentically, I hope to reach the audience in a way that I am dutifully reflecting themselves. Um, And in that moment, we share something. And in that moment, it becomes not purely sad, but something closer to melancholy that we can see beauty in, see each other in, and grow in love no matter what um so yeah that's the uh that's where i went writing the autocorrect poem um kind of leading into that um i have a dream to share with you as far as past lives All right, so for our mental mukbang today, um, this is about dream journaling that I've done in the past. Um, I have one particular diary that starts, I'm going to pull it out now, that starts on March, March 20th, 2002. Um, this is a journal set... <laughs> as an assignment for school. Um, So I was in fifth grade, I believe. 
and what I'm reading today is actually my last entry thus far and that entry is 2015 which is three years ago even from now um, it's very sporadic this diary um, this is um, a journaling of a dream that I had um, I will just get into it and read it as it's written for now and then discuss a little bit June 12th, 2015, Dream. I'm not me, but it is me. I think I'm native woman and I'm running with a handsome man. I get the feeling he's over the hill, over the horizon, we see Signs of our many angry pursuers and break into a desperate run. He releases me, sends me away, and I'm running, nearly tumbling down a slope and then falling, throwing myself into water. I wake when the water hits my face, feeling like I almost drowned, then all of a sudden, I'm a mother. I'm a mother? Was I always with child? My body goes wild, then some part of me has given birth in a brilliant pool of pearl white milk and honey and a young man no baby stands before me. My tired, limp body. Mother, he says. Or I feel it in his handsome, beautiful, dark eyes. I feel proud. I feel so much love and triumph. I don't remember dying, but I'm sensing that I did. And then... My spirit follows my brilliant, powerful son as he blazes through the nearby town, wreaking havoc on the name, in the name of his fallen father, in the name of my broken self, in the name of his people, the blood in his veins. I woke up still feeling love and triumph and pride in my son and in the soulmate I had lost, but also a bit sad. I don't remember speaking a single word to him, only knowing that he had looked lovingly upon me and known me as a part of himself, smiling so wisely and gently calling me mother. So very strange, really, I've never even wanted children and honestly, I can't understand why I seem to have dreamed as a native indigenous American and not an African woman. It's also a brand new dream. <laughs> and it just stops there. Um, so for me, um, a few key points of that entry, um, the scene that it's set, that sense of knowing that it's me, but looking down and not seeing myself as I know myself, um, 
is not unfamiliar to me, particularly as a dreamer and um, as someone who would like to know themselves very, very well. It makes sense to me that I often dream or write in a perspective that doesn't seem like my own as I know it. Um, But it was to me odd almost that I felt strongly that I was a native indigenous American um, just in the scenes that I saw and the sort of dynamic of um, kind of like cowboys and Indians you know like the feeling of it was very much what I have read and heard spoken of terrible hideous um, battles between like the pilgrims and different Native American groups in the States. Um, It felt very much like that. And then suddenly to have such a little haven of maternal energy, just like this divine feminine moment where there's no reason I would know, but I just suddenly was like, oh, I'm, I'm with child. I'm, this is happening and then all of a sudden I'm in the water or the milk (laughs) the milk and the honey and it's all a blur and I'm thrashing around and but I know it's birth something in me knows it's birth while I'm sleeping while I'm dreaming I know it's birth and instead of seeing a baby it's like we flash forward and suddenly I'm tired I'm worn I feel old I feel jaded and then instead of holding an infant a brand new infant we flash forward into a a whole man Um, the next generation the hope um, the love of our people and I'm seeing him and feeling I guess the the beauty and the pride of maternal love that says okay no matter what because you are standing here and because you are whole and you are strong and you are you then it's all fine and I remember feeling acceptance for that and even still (laughs) for the next generation to go above and beyond and then I followed him at this point I was dead and then I followed him as he and the other young people um, took back the village so to speak that's what it felt like we I watched them ride in on their horses (laughs) and take back the city Um, and it was beautiful and it was it made me proud and and I felt all these things that I shouldn't have felt as Oh, how old was I then? (laughs) I shouldn't have felt as a 23 or 22 year old with no children. (laughs) Um, I felt all these things and I felt like, wow, I've, I've had a child before. That feeling of like seeing yourself in a past life, seeing a past death. So for me, what this dream was, essentially, if you take, if you take out the mysticism and you take out any doubt or, um, cynicism out of this dream and look at it as as a plot as a story what happened was um i was a part of an indigenous group of people that had been oppressed and it's not the group that i was born to now it was a different group (laughs) in a different time 
and I was defeated. My husband was defeated. But then the literal miracle of birth happened and I brought the next generation into the world and felt the pure love and pride and gratefulness for that child who had already become a young man (laughs) and then watched the next generation take back our village and stand strong for us and provide the hope that we had begun to lose and uh, break apart the despair that we felt running down through the hills just like in a few dream moments before. Um, All of these things, and I felt them so, so, so real and so close that when I woke up, I remember this day because I woke up and I could not shake the feeling. I was so happy. I felt so good and full, like I had seen a life lived and a child raised all in probably the last three minutes of sleep. Um, And it was so profound. I couldn't shake it all day and it did end up writing it down. And that was the first entry in, it looks like the first entry in a year when I wrote down that dream. Um, So I'm curious to see if any of you have especially creatives because we tend to be a little tapped into that a little bit more but even people well versed in tarot or um, palm reading or um, astrological patterns any of us that are a little more attuned to noticing these things have you ever felt like you encountered a past self have you ever felt like your brain at some point was recanting that to you be it in a dream or in a poem you wrote where you're like whoa where did that come from a song that you put together where it doesn't quite feel like you're speaking for yourself but also you are it's yours um I'm curious to know if any um any of you creatives out there because we're all creative in some way um any of you creatives out there Have you encountered a past self? Have you felt a past death? Have you experienced it some way? What did it look like? I would love to know. Those are the kinds of things I love, love, love when people share with me those kinds of things. These are things that we can talk about over hot tea and whiskey. (laughs) Um, So please, please let me know if there's any dream journaling you've done, any songs or poems or prose that you've written, any plays or um, screen plays that you've written down and knew for yourself that it was a part of you but a different you in a different time maybe um, and what did that look like what did that feel like um, how did it affect you did you see something beautiful did you see something awesome and terrifying like I really want to know so let me know um, you can do so on the Instagram page for just happy to be here or you can do so um, via email and tell me in as much detail as you want you can stay anonymous just let me know if you want to Um, and yeah um, speaking of dreams I want to come to a close 
here um this is a little shorter i think than the previous episode but in the full moon in the spirit of the full moon tonight um i have a particular way i'd like to close today so we're gonna wind down even more um as we end this episode Before we get into the closing of this uh, full moon episode, um, I do want to acknowledge that I got a beautiful response um, to last week's mental mukbang where we discussed the reading passage of Philosophy of Love. Um, I will be um, highlighting that response, but I do want to open that conversation up of ancestry. I do want to open that conversation with a guest. So we're not going to do that this week, but um, in the next couple of episodes when we have a guest, I would like to definitely go into this discussion more um, that this person brought up and the way that they identified with some of the things I was saying about ancestry um, as um, a black American. Um, we will be getting into that. Um, so as far as anything from last week, that will come to light, um, very soon. Um, but for today, um, as we close, um, as we close this full moon phase here, um, I want to talk a little bit about things you can do. Um, I know for a fact that my mother... (laughs) has already, she actually texted me today (laughs) and said that her energy fell off and um, she wondered like how long that would last, if this is like a full moon thing, why does she feel a little bit weird and restless? Um, And some of the things that I told her, I'll definitely share with you because these things are very, very, very valid. Um, It's easy to say, uh, well, just because you know it's a full moon, then now you're connecting everything to it. But um, our connection as humans to the moon is already very strong. It literally pulls and pushes the tides of our water. Um, and I personally feel that women are very connected to the moon um, because for me, I feel the push and pull of my own personal tide um, in the phases of the moon as well. So. For me, around full moon time, new moons, all of that, um, the big milestones for lunar phases, um, I try to focus on getting myself physically in direct moonlight. For me, that's a very, very real thing. I wrote a poem years ago in high school about bathing in the moonlight and uh, letting it touch your skin and and how it feels like you're swimming in it and I can feel myself being rejuvenated. All of that um, is very real to me. And when there's a full moon, I throw all of my curtains open and I get my naked self into the (laughs) moonbeams. Um, as well as throwing up all my crystals to recharge as well. Um, so I would say for any of you feeling that odd sense of restlessness, um, in this day and the days after, maybe one or two days after even, um, trust yourself. Um, there's no need to force stillness. If you're feeling restless, if you're feeling odd energy, take the time to look inside yourself a little bit. Um, meditate. 
um, in that I want you to focus on your breathing for um, any extended amount of time. You can choose. It doesn't have to be excessive. Um, Just spend a certain amount of time tonight um, in the light of the full moon, um, open, position yourself in a very open way, whether you be splayed out on the floor or um, cross-legged with your palms up and ready to receive, um, chest out, heart open, head up. Um, if you are familiar with, um, if you're familiar with engaging your chakras, then do that. Focus as you breathe in. I like to visualize um, sort of Avatar the Airbender style, each chakra turning. And as it turns, when I'm ready and my breathing is ready, I allow that channel to spiral up into the next chakra. And I focus that way until I get all the way. And I'm breathing and focusing all the way up to my crown chakra. Um, In that way, it's not as if I'm going to unlock some superpower immediately, but actively focusing on and engaging those chakras as I center my breathing is very, very, very important to me. And I think it's something that's almost an easy way to guide your meditations. Um, Because if anyone has talked to you about meditation, they should have let you know that your goal is not to always have a fully empty mind. Because the more you obsess about emptying your mind, the fuller your mind is with the noise of discouragement because oh well I had a thought and that means I'm not doing this right that's not so allow your thoughts to occur to you accept them acknowledge them release them it's okay that they came into the quiet space you see it you let it pass this is also a good way for you as you're meditating to take stock of anything that you might not have fully processed or come to terms with throughout the week, throughout the month, as we go into this full moon. um, Allow those things to come to you. Things that bothered you. um, You're feeling this. Okay, acknowledge that thought, that feeling. Where did it come from? Um, If it's been unfinished, if it's been left on hold, then okay, allow yourself to divulge and you can can look at that for a moment. There's no rush. There's no grade for staying completely silent for a particular amount of time. Allow yourself to to journey into your own mind and uh, take stock of the past few weeks um, so that when you are ready to end the session, you can breathe truly and release these things truly and prepare yourself for the next lunar cycle. Um, So that being said, um, I would like to take the very soft rolling nature of this episode and end on a few poems that I've found. Um, And we'll just read through those. I'll let those marinate. We won't discuss these this time. I just want to, um, these are poems that sort of give you permission to do the sort of calm, forgiving work with yourself tonight. Um, that you need to do if you are if you're up for it if you're interested 
Um, so the first poem is uh, moderation is not a negation of intensity but helps avoid monotony by John Tagliabue John T will you stop for a while stop trying to pull yourself together for some clear meaning some momentary summary no one can have poetry or dances, prayers or climaxes all day. The ordinary blankness of a little dramatic consciousness is good for the health sometimes. Only Dostoevsky can be Dostoevskian at such long, tumultuous stretches. Look what that intensity did to poor great Van Gogh. Linger, lunge, scrounge and be stupid that doesn't take much centering of one's forces as wise whitman said lounge and invite the soul get enough sleep and not only because as cocteau said poetry is the literature of sleep be a dumbbell for a few minutes at least we don't want church bells ringing constantly Next, I have Let Evening Come. Let, oh, excuse me, Let Evening Come by Jane Kenyon. Let the light of late afternoon shine through chinks in the barn, moving up the bales as the sun moves down. Let the crickets take up chafing as a woman takes up her needles and her yarn. Let evening come. Let dew collect on the hoe abandoned and long grass. Let the stars appear and the moon disclose her silver horn. Let the fox go back to its sandy den. Let the wind die down. Let the shed go black inside. Let evening come. To the bottle in the ditch, to the scope in the oats, to the air in the lung, let evening come. Let it come as it will, and don't be afraid. God does not leave us comfortless, so let evening come. And finally, The Peace of Wild Things, Wendell Berry. When despair for the world grows in me and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars, waiting with their light for a time I rest in the grace of the world, and I am free. So, as you bring yourself to a state of peace and rest tonight, those of you preparing for the full moon, those of you 
making good emotional and spiritual use of the full moon to engage with yourselves, to center yourselves, to rediscover yourselves for the next month. Um, I hope that these poems and these musings um, are a part of giving yourself permission um, to rest, giving yourself permission to rest and to allow yourself to find peace in allowing yourself not to be perfect and not perfectly peaceful. Um, And like I said, get yourself some full moonlight today. Uh, Go out among the wild things, hear the trees, listen for crickets, and then next morning you'll hear birds. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, You can engage via the just happy to be here email found on the Instagram page um, or you can comment on any posts um, that get your attention for this episode um, I will be posting some things to kind of recap um, but thank you so much um, peace be with you tonight um, and enjoy the full moon my name is Okara and I'm just happy to be here